Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning, this is Annie for Showreel, and of course you are entering the greatest little country in the world with... Annie, and today we're so lucky because we've got in the studio Sue Brooks, Director of Looking for Grace. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Annie. How are you? I'm so glad to have you in here. I went to see Looking for Grace the other day, and it is a marvellous film. I found it incredibly moving. But before we go on to the uh, themes that are in uh, Looking for Grace, let's uh, go to the beginning. We were talking about how... Uh, looking for Grace, which is uh, set in Western Australia predominantly, and in fact uh, ha- received funding from the Western Australian. Where did you get your funding from? Uh, we got it from a number of sources, but Western Australia, the Screen West, were a big part of it. Um, we also had big supporters like Palace Films and Fortissimo Films. They were, they were our international sales agent, and Film Victoria. Sound Firm and Screen Australia. And and uh, in actual fact, you've made five feature films, haven't you, in your career? I think it's four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like more, but there's a few of them that are short. So maybe oh, short. Yeah. So you made The Drover's Wife and that's a short. That's a short, yeah. Yeah, right, which was... I actually remember seeing. Oh, do you? Gosh. Yeah, yeah, because it was shown on TV. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, The Drover's Wife is a fantastic story. Yeah, no, it's a it's a wonderful story. Uh, I know there's been a few different interpretations of it, so I'm not too certain which one you oh, saw. Yeah, okay. But we made one um, when I was at film school, which was an adaptation of the Murray Bale um, short story, and uh, we adapted oh, right. that to a short film. Yeah. Oh right, okay. So it's quite clear that your your interest is in uh, lands people in landscape. Yeah, it's a big part of how I see the world, really, and my life, probably. So I'm sort of fascinated about how how we're placed in the world. So landscape has a big is a big part of how I make films, and a big part of um, oh the 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 um, tapestry of what I look at and the actual canvas that I like to work on. Yeah, and and we were talking outside before we came into the studio about the incredible beauty of the opening sequence of uh, Looking for Grace. It's it's absolutely beautiful. People really should go and see this film purely to see this beginning to see those, sequence. Yeah. It's, that's, it's interesting because I've had a lot of people say that about those opening shots, that, those opening images, and we felt the same when we first saw them, when we first um, 
got back to the editing room, we were sort of bowled over by them. Because when you're actually shooting it, you're shooting it um, out in a paddock and over the landscape and everything. And so you're just looking at a tiny little monitor and it looks great, but you don't really know how great it is until you get it back into the edit room or put it up on the big screen. Yeah, and so how did you get those images? We used drones this time. Um, previously, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, I know. In the past, uh, on Road to Nil, we we had an opening sequence that was um, also looking down at the landscape and coming down into the small community, um, and we used a helicopter then. But nowadays, um, drones are really useful. Um, so yeah, we went. We sort of um, we surveyed it all on Google Maps, to be honest, you know. And we went out on the roads and went out there back, backwards and forwards, trying to imagine what it was like to be up there. Um, and then we went out with drones and sort of lifted up off the ground and floated across that landscape, looking for those things that we wanted. Oh, that's brilliant! Um, the so that how long was the shoot? Oh, the shoot was fairly short because it wasn't a big budget film and, you know, it's like a lot of Australian films these days. They're, you know, they're fairly contained. Mm, is it five, six weeks, something like that now? It's, I can't yeah, well, it's I something actually like can't that. remember. It's not, it's not like... But it gives um, you an idea. It's not six months, put it that way. No, it's no, like, a month yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of precision planning before. Yeah, it was like a... Um, I'm reluctant to use the expression military operation, but there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of breaking down because the script, as you know, is quite complex because it goes backwards and forwards in time and backwards and forwards in... It doesn't... It goes backwards and forwards in time. I was going to say... Follows, between, it follows the... Uh, well, as someone said, it's <laughs> you've, t- you've taken the Quentin Tarantino method of filmmaking, but in actual fact, Quentin Tarantino has taken the method of previous that's right, writers. Yeah, yeah there's and, been a few before him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And he would never assume what he's doing is returning to uh, the public the knowledge of how to tell a story. Yep. That's yep. what he's doing. And you've done the same thing, haven't yep, you? Yep. Yeah, well, we're interested in that whole thing of how do you tell a story a bit like how you feel, how it feels in life. And one of the references, one of the many references, is that Bruegel painting. We, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course, you know, with Icarus falling from the sky and, the, you know, and everybody's doing something differently at every moment, you know, and if you can take that snapshot and shot of life and you go... Um, you know, just as this is happening, something else is happening for someone else and these people may or may not be connected, but this is all all part of our rich tapestry of life. Um, So, yeah, we were looking at those sorts of references. We were also looking at Rashomon in those early films, um, you know, like Kurosawa's film. Um, And there's been lots of other um, shortcuts is another one. Those films that look at, come into it and look, Use more like novel references or short storytelling references where you you sort of um, come into the story and get to see it, how the world exists for each character at that particular moment. And that gave us a lot more scope to work with um, with humour, which is sort of the funny thing about it because, you know, when Terry Norris's character, the detective, oh, for example, is worried about him... He's gorgeous, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when he's like worrying about whether the toothpaste is working or not, you know, he can only do that because he at that particular moment doesn't know that he's meant to be out on the road looking for missing teenagers, you know. So it's about um, how you enter into a story. It's a, I say it's about the storytelling as, as much as it's about the story. Well, also, 
you are the writer of this this uh, script as well as the actual director, which of course gives you huge uh, creative. Uh, the, you're you're building a whole piece, mm-hmm. the whole piece of the sculpture, not just uh, contributing an element. So that must be quite liberating. Yeah, it's certainly different. Um, I was. Um, Look, it's a mixture of everything. To be honest, it's um, it's exhilarating because, you know, you sit at your computer one day and you write these tiny little black words on a screen and one, you know, some other time in your life they're out there on a big screen and people are looking and responding to it. So it's that's, you know. So, so are those black little words like feelings? Do you capture a piece of feeling? Uh, yeah, they are. They're, um, what are they? They are... They're like little voices happening in a way. They're sort of things that um, it's energy as much as feelings is a good way of describing it. I suppose it's also about energy. It's about being amused yourself by the moment, you know, and being challenged by the moment or being frightened by it. Um, so you sort of you sit at the computer and you, you hope that the muse will come. You hope that somebody will come and talk to you and play with you at that particular moment. And sometimes she does, you know, and that's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous moment. And when when it's on song, you really don't have to um, over-prescribe it. It's when you're not on song that it just, it can be really, really um, a protracted and awkward and cumbersome process. But by and large, if you can go with the energy and the amusement of the time at that moment, something gorgeous can happen. Because one of the things that's most striking to me about Looking for Grace is your ability to uh, basically be aware of the poetic nature of individual elements, but you're able to insert a quite uh, uh, expert structural arrangement at the same time. So when you talk about uh, the Terry Norris character looking at his teeth, which when if you go and see this film, you will be, it's very amusing. It You explain why he is interested in his teeth later on, mm-hmm. very, much later on, mm-hmm. when he recounts his almost dalliance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is so compelling. That's very perceptive of you to pick that up because there are lots and tiny little bits of clues and um, bits of fabric being woven in and out of the film and, you know, you hope some people will get that, you know, as you say in that scene later on and he's talking, you know, she liked my smile or at least she said she did, you know. (laughs) And (laughs) and I think... Oh, that explains so much. dear, that's so sweet, Lydia. Yeah, that's right. But I suppose um, not, not every thread gets noticed by everybody all of the way through, but there is a sense that people are filling in the gaps and working with the film. Um, that's what you hope. That's what you dream is that you put it you put it out there and the process gets completed when people start watching it and start threading it together themselves and playing with the material as they're watching it. And I'll tell you something else. There's that first sequence which is so beautiful and then having uh, you have a really lovely way of filming outside, looking mm-hmm. in. I love that. I love that. They're like the awful part where the awful bit, I won't, that's a spoiler, so I'm not going to, but you do it far away and you're watching it from a distance. But the bit that was so beautiful was that beginning bit where you've got the bus and the two blokes talking to each other. How did you get them to do that so perfectly in Australian cadence? 
they, the words. They said, G'day, mate. Blah, blah, blah. That, that whole sequence is so perfect and so un, it's almost unrehearsed. Was it unrehearsed? Yeah, no, that part is totally unrehearsed because... Because it's so beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah, it's and that's the that's what we were talking about before, about the reality and the impact of the reality of working with honesty and working with true landscape. Um, we were in that location. We were in that it, in in that air we there was nothing forced about it we sort of sat back and watched it and then those two guys just sort of um did their dance you know as one would in those circumstances and and as you say they say it exactly how you would hope they would because they've landed you know from from a director's point of view one of the things that you're constantly looking for is that your characters have landed into a scene or they've landed into their character and by that i mean that they're not um they're not trying to uh, perform beyond the script and they're not trying to find something and underline the script they are just sitting within it and um Quite a number of the actors in this film said that they felt really comfortable inside this script, inside the film, because they were playing around with moments. Um, There's lots of moments in the film that I see where actors are actually contributing to the film as much as the script because they have, what I say, is landed in those characters. Yeah, because uh, the difference between uh, uh, asking someone a question when you don't have a mic and then asking them a question with the mic. Yeah, yeah. It's so profound. Yeah. And you actually, they hit, you hit it in this movie. You, you are, there's this slice of Australia that is quite uh, unnerving, actually. Oh, good. Well, good. I, I thought, uh, just to remind uh, our listeners, you're on 3CR, that's uh, 855 AM on your, your dial. And uh, also we're on, we're streaming. And this is Showreel. And uh, I will, uh, Remind you that we're talking about Looking for Grace and I'm talking to Sue Brooks, the writer-director. Uh, my name's Annie, of course. And uh, before we go on, we might hear a little bit about my, our sister program that's on Saturday. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. And we're back with Sue Brooks. Now, I wanted to ask you about something else which uh, leads on directly from the business about people act, the actors feeling like they're in the script. This is one of the first times I've seen such a compelling description of what I call petty bourgeois Australia. I don't know if other people call it this, but I was sitting there thinking, oh, I want to bash your heads together. Talk to each other. Because they want, they, it's like no emotion is allowed. Do not speak. I mean, it become their life is actually uh, is full of emotion and emotional mm. things, mm. but they are without the vocabulary. Mm. You, you're intending to do that, aren't you? Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, like you look, grew up that way or something. I didn't grow up in a family like this. I grew up in a family where people talked all the time and too loud for each other, and uh, they're always competing with each other and all the rest of it. But the people around me 
were ho- lived in houses that, uh, and we lived in a, in a messy house. If you couldn't find something, you'd find it on the floor. But all the people around me lived in houses where you could eat off the floor. It was quite freakish to me. And they were much more like the people that you describe in this film. Yeah, look, uh, I'm still coming to terms with the the impact of that that that's having on people because for me they're a lot like the people that I grew up with um, and they're very dry, you know. Um, they are people never... I don't Look, you couldn't have got more loving parents than mine. No, that's they, right. I'm not saying yeah. disparaging. No, no, I know you're not, no. But they, my parents would never, I don't think ever, manage to say I love you. Yeah, that would ever. be shocking. That, and that would have, I mean... I was just watching something last night on TV and it was, you know, a young bloke saying to his grandfather, you know, love you. And I think, really? It sounds American. Do you really say that? I don't understand it. I doubt it. Uh, but, you know, um, but that, I mean, that also comes back to direction. Like one of the other things that you say in, in directing is that there's people are, what, are either what they say or what they do, or, or they both, obviously. And that if you can... It's it's the spaces between that I'm particularly interested in. So, I mean, he does actually say about his wife in the end, she's a wonderful woman, you know. I mean, he really does understand something deep about his wife, but he can't and he won't be able to say that to her. And I, I don't know. I don't quite know how to talk about it except that it feels right to me. In, in a certain world that I grew up in and understand. And they understood it as well as actors. Yeah, well, this is what I found so com- uh, compelling because you did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd just take my hat off to you if I was wearing one. And, <laughs> and, and the actors themselves were brilliant actors. Yeah, they were And brothers. I went back and looked at their, their uh, like, um, uh, Rada Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I mean... Her her credits are incredible. I know, I know. She's she's probably done fifty or sixty films. Like she's done a lot of LA films. That's right, and you these are, and really, uh, you know, uh, uh, A grade films. I mean, yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. what they call, you know, Academy Award style. Yeah, films, yeah. No, right? she um, she's worked with Woody Allen, and she like that's not a bad sort of, you know. No, uh, and she's. You know, like she's done an amazing number of films, but she's also... Um, How did you get her? That's what I'm oh, getting well, at. That How was, did that happen? That wasn't that hard, to be honest. We did just send her the script and she responded well to it and she said, you know, if I can make it work dates with dates and things, she'll do it. Um, Which tells you that actors want to act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she recognised something in it, I think. She, she often says that in interviews afterwards, that she got something, she was able to enact something that she understood um, and she wanted to do um, and she's had quite an interesting relationship and connection back to her Melbourne family as a result of the film. Making yeah, that film. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, and I think she sort of, um, what's the, she, she was channeling stuff that she knew about her Well, that's the, what, it was quite family. clear. Yeah, that, yeah. And this is what, this thing about Australian movies, you know, people making Australian stories, it's not just tripe, it's about people really getting to the nitty-gritty of people's genuine lives. Yeah, yeah. And the and our preoccupations and our 
you know, our, what's not our, said, what's not said, and what we try to do and we can't do, and you know, I mean, I suppose we've got a, we've had a big diet over the years of American films, and I love them as much as everyone else. But there is always a sense of a hero's journey in those films that they go out, they get what they want, they you know, they slaughter the beast and they drag it back, and you know, the world has changed and it's all for a better place. But there's a lot of us out there that aren't actually doing these heroic acts. We're just getting by. We, you know, we take a step forward, we take a step back, you know. And I'm sort of interested in those little spaces, that sort of hapless sort of, um, I don't know, struggle of life, really. I, I love that sequence in the script where the girl hasn't got enough money to pay for the bill, right? Yeah. And she, the man, the bloke, comes in, the husband, quite yeah. clearly, he goes in. The wife goes... Um, where have you been? And he says, uh, "Good morning," and it completely ignores what you. Yes, that's right. And and then uh, and we we do the same thing as everybody. We we do the trans. We uh, uh, think about the transaction too. What you're two two dollars sixty uh, under or something mm. like that three sixty under, and we're all thinking. I'm thinking. Oh, get fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not that much, much is it? Yeah. <laughs> but but it, the whole sequence was had so many elements to it, in in terms of social interaction, which I can't actually imagine seeing on an American film. No, well, not not our main not, not, ma- that not way. our main fair of American films. No, no, no it's not the yeah. main fair. You're quite yeah, right. Yeah. It's a very big country, America. Yeah, but those little moments of having parallel conversations is. Yeah, we all know that experience, don't we? Where yeah, you're yeah. talking to one person, talking to another, you're trying to isolate one kind of conversation from the other, and um, and also that three dollars sixty, you know, it's not a big deal. But on the other hand, it's just so bloody annoying <laughs> <laughs> when you've booked them in. It's probably been late at night. You probably, don't, you know, it's now going to cost you, you know, whatever forty dollars to get the room cleaned, and you know, now you're going to be out of pocket just a little. But it's annoying, you know, all yeah. of those things. You know, but also just it, just in that little interaction, we got this whole snapshot of those people's yeah. relationship. Yeah, uh, and it was just an, an an almost effortless arrangement. Of course, it's not effortless, is it, to make a film and make it uh, come to fruition in this way? You you uh, uh, there's something else about your film which is extraordinary, quite besides the film, but who made it with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've you've got an awful lot of women on your team. Right? An awful lot, yeah. <laughs> a good lot, a good lot, <laughs> a good awful lot. Yeah, yeah. No, we have. We've got we've got a great band. We've got um, Sue Taylor and Lizette Atkins and Alison Tilson all produced it. So we had three women producing it. There was me, the writer and director, and then um, Katie Millwright was the director of photography, and Elizabeth Drake was the cinematographer. Um, we had a lot of good men on it too. too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a terrific group, but but, but um, it's good to have this uh, a good balance of genders in the different technical roles and creative uh, impulse. Yeah, look, I you know I love working with Katie and with Elizabeth. You know, like they their creative input was phenomenal, and probably you would you know one of the, my favorite things to saying about that is that it's not that hard to employ women you just get the yeah. best <laughs> <laughs> well they're always you know, the best <laughs> yeah they're often the best you know it's and but you know when so you look when, exactly but when you look back at it and you look and someone says to you oh did you notice that um composers for film in australia um women's representation is two percent you think that is not good really no i mean Women love music and women are amazing musicians and composers, you know. So 
Um, you know, I love working with Elizabeth. I think she's phenomenal and Katie. Who's the editor? Oh, Peter Caradas. We got a Oh, yeah. yeah. You did yeah, know good Peter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Peter did a fabulous job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's yeah. really good. He's got a yeah. good touch. Yeah, he's great. And it was good working. I mean, it was, you know, a str- it, they say that one of the hardest things to edit is comedy. Mm. Um, and there was, as you know, quite a lot of comedy yeah. in the film. Um, and I think that's true. You know, they had, there's this joke that um, you can always tell the um, um, editors that are direct, uh, editing comedy in the tea room because they're the ones that look worried. Yeah. But the, dra- <laughs> the drama edi- editors, you go into the tea room and they're going, oh, yeah, no, it's fabulous, and they throw another bomb into the <laughs> – literally into their edit and everything explodes and it's – taken off but to get that precision to work in comedy is just so hard then how peter was really really determined and worked hard at it i um really enjoyed we got a lot out of the uh streaming of the different stories people's different stories um but i it was very interesting that last piece where not the last piece but when they find her and that's how different people interpreted what actually happened. And the minute pieces of script which they didn't hear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and didn't hear other people say, mm-hmm. or they maybe they didn't even say it, but oh. they thought they said it, mm-hmm. what the mother thought that she'd said. Yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah. yeah that's that, curious. That was sort of one of the starting points of the film in a way, was that thing of how we go into a moment and we have all have different perceptions of it of course and we also remember things differently i'm just yeah. reading trusilla majeska's book at the moment have you read that no, um, I haven't. second half first or something a memoir anyhow and she talks about memory and little things that you remember about a moment like she was talking the bit that i was reading the other day is this bit about they were driving to the beach and the woman who was having the affair with her partner was sitting in the back seat and she said, I remember I was in the front seat. So that's some indication of where the, how the relationship was going. And I was thinking how you do – that's how we – that was a lot of how the script was working is how you remember moments and what what influences you in – what sticks with you, I suppose. So when they do find her, which is not really much of a – no, spoiler no, because no, no. We, people no, there do. are other things too um, we won't talk about. Yeah, but um, of course they're going to remember different things because they stand in different places, they hear different things, they feel different things. And they're emotionally invested. And they're emotionally invested And they completely. want things but they don't can't articulate what it is they want. That's right. absolutely fascinating. Yeah. In fact, we have to finish this conversation, oh. although it's a fantastic conversation. Yes. Talking to Sue Brooks, director and writer of uh, Looking for Grace, and I really recommend that you go and see it. It's at a variety of cinemas. It's at uh, Nova, it's at Kino, but it's also, also at the Palace. Is that right? Yeah, it's at um, um, Baldwin, I think, and, yeah. uh, and Como, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, really worth going to see. I'll tell you what, this... This is a, a real treat for Australian film people. And, uh, in fact, you've run awards. You've run awards all over the place. So, you know, obviously other people thought it was a great thing to watch too. Yeah, it got into the uh, official selection of the Venice Film Festival, which was just, you know, exactly amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. Must, that would have been, I've only got three minutes, we've got to go. Published or not, it's coming up next. <laughs> Thank you. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.